Hey guys, Liat here. I just wanted to remind you that today is the last day to sign up to be a part of our live collective. This is our 10-week program that covers every single thing you need to know for the BCBA, BCABA exam. We break it down for you in real, raw, relatable ways that I promise you, you will never forget. And I promise you, you have never been taught information like this. It starts tonight at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. So this is your cue to go to your computer and type in studynotesaba.com and grab your seat in the collective so we can, together can pass the effing test. Study notes, ABA, ABA and a little X right away. All right, guys, last interruption, I promise. But we have a learning opportunity in the His House. If you're studying for the exam or just a behavior nerd, this is a great opportunity for you to take some frequency data of the amount of F-bombs dropped in the episode. Share your count with us on Instagram at Behavior Bitches Podcast or our Facebook group, Behavior Bitches Podcast, and let's check the IOA. It's Behavior Bitches. Hey guys, it's Liat and Casey. And we are here today with episode 86. Casey, what do you have for us today? Going with the theme of today's episode, it's going to be 86. Watch your lips. Ooh, Casey. Meow. Guys, today's episode, we're really ecstatic because we have two experts here. And I, mean, I don't even know if we've ever got this level of experts on the show before with all our guests we've gotten, even with like, you know, all the hostage negotiators, uh, cult experts, whoever it is. I mean, these people today are experts and I'm super excited to have them on. They're like really pretty and cool and funny and just like so cute and kind of annoying, but like you kind of like it. I don't know. Um, no offense, experts. But before we get started, Casey, can you give us our review of the day to get us pumped? I would love to. All right. We actually just like hadn't had any new reviews for a while. So we have more um, on Apple. So thank you. So get out and leave them. All right. This one's coming in today from Nicole underscore Corso. ABA love. I passed in February, but just adore you both. I make everyone listen to you guys and join the collective. Ooh, thank you. My little boys listen to you in the car all the time since their mom has a trash mouth anyway. The swears are nothing new to the little ears. Well, guess what, Nicole? Get ready for this fucking episode because it is all about that. Your review was perfect as an intro to today's episode. And if you didn't guess, the experts that we have on today is us. Us. <laughs> it's us, guys. Today we are all out of fucks. This being said, if I should give you the warning ahead of time. If you are triggered by curse words or do not like bad language, you should stop the fucking podcast right now because today's episode is full of F-bombs. We usually like to take some frequency data and allow ourselves like one special F-bomb per passionate moment per episode. But today's episode is all about the art of cursing. So 
Casey messaged me about this and she was like, there's this new show on Netflix called, what's it called? Um, the History of Swearing. And they do like, the first one is the history of the word fuck. The second one is shit. The third one is bitch. And that's as far as I've gotten. Oh my God. Okay. Nicole, I'm literally worried about this episode. I think it might be too many bad words. I think this one, you got to put the AirPods in. Um, <laughs> I'm nervous. But I think maybe just because it's us case, maybe we could like take some time and say what we've been up to. I mean, I don't want to peanut butter and jelly here, but I kind of want to peanut butter and jelly. I feel like we've been up to so much and I just need to say this to everyone. I... I'm watch. We do, we're in this new stream today with like we usually use Google Hangout. And we're using this um, Streamyard, and I'm reversed to me, and it's freaking me out. So I'm trying so hard to practice like psychological flexibility and diffuse these thoughts. I'm like, ew, I hate this side of me. I look disgusting. I also didn't shower before this episode because I did this thing class. But anyways, I just have to let everyone know what I'm. She had to drop that. Like, hello everyone. I just want you to know I did a spin class. Oh, <laughs> we get it. <laughs> Um, what have we been up to? So this episode is airing on February 1st. So that means we made it through a month of January in 2021. But as you're listening, we're recording this in January because we have our shit together. Mm-hmm. And as we record this, I mean, Jesus, we have been up to so much. The BCBA boxes just came out. I love that thing. That has been a labor of love going for a year now. Very, very creative. Like, so it's just so you. All your crazy ideas when you like pitch them to me, I'm like, mm, okay, yeah. And then you like every single detail that it comes down to that you think of is crazy. Guys, nothing Case. is done fast over here. It is labors of love. And, and I like things out. done fast. And so these things, like, I want it to be done, but. It, Everything takes long, like every label you're designing, like you make a candle, you need to make sure it has the exact flammable warning that it needs, like all these little things you don't think about. That, and then CEUs dropping has been a really big deal. Yeah. Behavior boot camp was amazing. I mean, two full days, what, 13.5 CEUs it was? Yes, 13.5 CEUs. That's amazing. And this is the fact that we're able to keep our... OGs around and that we could still hang out through CEUs and continue studying together or, you know, just learning. Learning in general. Like, you know how much I love to learn. That's exactly what, between that and Cooper and Coffee Book Club that we just finished a month of that. Well, I'm talking like I'm in the future and I don't know. Yeah, dude. I'm like, literally like, are we on the same effing tense here? But I like it. Keep it. (laughs) Um. Yeah, uh, we made it through two Coffee and Coopers. The second one was wonderful. It hasn't, actually hasn't happened yet, guys. But the first one happened <laughs> while we're recording this. And it was absolutely one of the most amazing, like, two hours ever. It was so many alumni students, new students. I think we had, it was, what, half and half, like, almost exactly 50% each of people studying for their exam and then people um, who are BCBAs or BCABAs are ready. Um, and the conversations were so deep and so personal. It's definitely going to be more than just a Cooper book club. I can already tell um, after literally day one. OMG, same. So lots of exciting things, but I'm really excited about today's episode. So I think we need to get started because I have a lot to say. Let me tell you. Um, I'm passionate about this topic. As I told you, 
this is all about cursing. Um, Mom, I'm sorry. I know you said we need to curse less. Dad, I know you said I could choose different words that are replacements, but like, no fucking way. Sorry. No offense, Dad. Love you. Um, but before we get started, we're doing research on different um, cursing and the behaviors and the science behind cursing. And as we're recording this episode, I'm talking in present tense. Casey will probably talk about it in future tense. I'm not sure. But um, on Urban Dictionary today, January 11th, there's a word of the day. And, you know, we like to keep you fresh and updated on what's new and hip. So the word of the day is a doucheberg. What do you think it means? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because when I read it, I read it as, and now that I'm rereading it, I thought it said douchebaggery. And I've, I've heard that word before, but I've never heard of doucheberg. So tell me what that means, please. So according, I want to credit Urban Dictionary words do says someone who at first meeting shows a little bit of their douche self, but on getting to know them better, the full extent of their douchiness becomes apparent, likened to the iceberg that only shows a small fraction of its total size. Upon seeing a known douchebag coming at him, he said in his best captain's voice, Doucheberg, straight ahead. You have to do it in the Titanic accent. What is that? You don't know the reference to Titanic? Iceberg, no. right ahead. Oh, Dishberg, right ahead. That's South African. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I love it. I love Wait, it. I, I love this you. because I miss you too. We like, are like so annoyingly clingy. Like if I was listening to these bitches, I'd be like, okay, we get it. You love each other. Uh, but we do. We do. But this is great. Like I, I definitely meet people who are douchebergs like you get that sense from the get-go and you're like oh it's like kind of douchey mm -hmm. you know like uh, his outfit maybe like the vest and like the whatever hot collar but, yeah and then it's like all right dude that was just can i say like that was just the doucheberg of it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like just the tip but just the doucheberg yeah i like it <laughs> oh you always Always make me laugh. You know that? Oh, you. All right, guys. So today, if anyone thinks that cursing means you're not educated, you're not classy, you're completely wrong because I found more behavior principles with this episode than many other ones. And the behavior principles we will cover today are operant behavior, functions of behavior, generalization, evolution, pairing, causation versus correlation, respondent behavior, stimulus generalization, stimulus discrimination, fluency, magnitude, frequency, behavior contrast, matching law, shaping, and verbal behavior. Duh. Woo. Um, whoa. I'm like out of breath from that. Whoa. Well, it's so funny because this morning behind the scenes, everyone, we got texted me at like 530 this morning. And she's like, had watched the third episode. I think that's the only one you've watched of this Netflix show. But, and she's like, sent me some like notes. And then she wrote her next thing was like, I don't know how this is going to be a podcast. And then I was like, all right, well, let's think of something else. And then in like five seconds, she was like slamming me with all these behavior principles and articles and research. And she's like, I love this topic. It's my favorite. I'm like, you are the most bipolar person I know. <laughs> it just took a second. It was 530. It took me a second to be like, what am I going to do with this? And then I was all excited for this podcast. But 
So like I said, please be aware that there will be excessive cursing in this episode. You've been warned. And we'll also put it in the show notes. Okay, Case, can you remember that? We need to put it in the show notes. I can do that. Um, so I, I, this is how I want to start it. And I, I, had, I feel like this is a very conversation I've had with my mom in the fact. And she's like, why do you have to use, like, why can't you just say, like, something without putting a bad word in it? And here's my question for you, okay? Let's say that I say, I have something insane to tell you. Or if I said, I have something fucking insane to tell you. Same tone. I didn't change it. Which thing are you like, you need to effing tell me? My heart actually started beating a little faster when you said the second one. Right? And I it's crazy. It. It's it's the exact same w- sentence. But what it adds to it is a whole nother dimension. I said, you could say something is amazing or you could say something is fucking amazing. And now it's like really effing amazing. Like how I use effing in between, like, I don't, I don't know. Like <laughs> we're going to switch off here, train loosely, stimulus equivalents. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the word, and I guess right now I'm talking about the word fuck. There's other great ones too. It is just such a great word to use to emphasize something. It also, speaking of verbal behavior, can be every operant. So I'm gonna, we're gonna play a game, Casey. You know, I love games. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna ask you, what's that operant? All right. Mm-hmm. All right. First, I'm gonna say the word dick. All right. He is being a dick. What verbal operant? That would be attacked. Good. You're labeling something in your environment. Perfect. All right. Give me that dick. Well, only if there was an MO for wanting a dick and the dick was received, that would be a man. Because we know a man needs an MO, an antecedent, and it also, the consequence has to be that specific reinforcer. Okay, perfect, Casey. You are so smart. Next one. What if someone says, what do you think of Johnny? And this is the next part's the part you're going to label, okay? Oh, he's a dick. That response is what? Introverbal. That's right. It is an introverbal. How did you know that? Because it is in response to a verbal stimulus and the consequence um, you could have say you just said to me after I said that, that he, oh, he's a dick. And you're like, oh, cool. Good job. Or whatever. Right. Generalized condition reinforcement. I wouldn't but, be like, good job. I'm not going to be like, I know. Good job. He's a dick. Like, for the I'll test. be like, yeah, I know. In this case, right. It did have formal similarity. It doesn't have to have formal similarity, um, but it did. It was the same form, sense mode, spoken. Um, but it did not have point-to-point correspondence. It did not match the question that Liad asked me. All right. And last but definitely not least, let's do an echoic dick. Dick. Amazing oh. job. Okay, done. So those are just for you guys, just a fun if you're studying for the test that will give you all your verbal operants with, well, I guess without getting into autoclitics, but I really don't feel like getting into that today because I'm trying to enjoy the episode. <laughs> <laughs> But in general, it's just so amazing, these curse words, because 
even in parts of the English sentence, right? Like when we label the structure of a sentence, like a noun, a verb, really a lot of curse words could be used as e- as any of these things. So, and there's not many words that can be a verb, an adjective, a noun. For example, you could say, I'm all out of fucks or fuck you. You could say, loosen up, you dumb fuck. I fucked him. This is fucking delicious. Motherfucker. I-D-G-A-F. Oh, him? We're just fuck buddies. And trust me, I don't want more. His dick is tiny AF. Leave him. He's just a fuck boy. Oh, and of course, AF makes everything better AF. You know, we love a good AF. Yeah. We actually got, we got an email the other day. Someone saying like, hey, I was just wondering, I'm using the app. What does AF mean? Oh, yeah. And she was cute. And we're we're like, like, it just makes things like better, like like extra, like studying it's AF. Like Tabasco. It's like people who like Tabasco or like sour cream. It just makes it better. Like to add to your food? Yeah. Like it's just uh, like that extra. So you're referring to it as like a condiment, like pizzazz? Yeah. Okay. It's like she's cool or like she's cool AF. Yeah. It's funny because my, my 10-year-old nephew like loves using it too. He's like, AF. I'm like, stop it. <laughs> Does he know what it means? Oh, yeah. It's better than him saying the F word. I'll tell you that much. So, Look, you take what you could get and you don't yeah. get upset. You get what you get and you don't get upset. Yep. All right. So, so are we just going to sit here? Yeah, I was going to say, are we just going to sit here and like curse the whole time and show how good I I am very fluent, by the way, at using curse words. Casey, we're working on it. Um, but we actually found some studies having to do with using curse words. And I, I think it's really interesting. And the first study um, talks about the correlation between pain and cursing. All right. So this guy, um, we found this. His name's wait, I don't Richard know. Stevens, a psychologist and author of Black Sheep, The Hidden Benefits of Being Bad. And his question, his experimental question was the following. Why swearing, a supposedly maladaptive response to pain, is such a common pain response? Any of us, we hit our finger with a, um, with a hammer or we stub our toe immediately we go to a curse word, unless you're some saint. Um, And he said, I need to study this. He wanted to see if swearing really makes pain seem worse or less, like, right, like how painful it is. And we know that would be an unconditioned punisher, pain, right? And how one responds. So they wanted to measure. So Richard, we call him Dick, maybe, Um, He persuaded 67 of his undergraduate students at a university in England to stick their hands in cold water for as long as they could stand. And not just do it once, but do it twice. That's literally like my remaining fingers I have are like literally aching at the thought of this. Um, And But he wanted them to do it twice, once while swearing and once while not. What kind of experiment is this? They're, They're doing something here. Sounding like they have a, um, I guess one would be the control. 
without swearing? I'd say it's alternating treatments, kind of, right? Yeah, actually, yeah, you're right. But I don't think they're going back and forth so quickly. No, he Um, does. He randomizes it. Oh, he does? That's hot. Mm -hmm. Nothing like a good alternating treatment design. Um, So he makes them go in and do this with their hands. So one time they're allowed to curse when they're doing it. And the next time they can't curse. They have to say, uh, uh, he had them pick five words that they would use if they dropped a hammer on their thumb. So these are like, uh, let's see, fuck. Well, it was in England. Yeah. So they had like, arg, no, bugger. Bugger. And then they had to pick five words to describe a table. So these are just like neutral words. So like flat, wooden, sturdy, shiny, useful. And so in one trial, when their hand was in the water, they said a swear word. And in the other trial, they would have to say they're a neutral word. Um, so basically, the question he, the experimental question was that if swearing is so maladaptive, right, swearing so bad, then the volunteers would give up much faster while they were cursing, right? Than if they were saying the other neutral word, like if swearing is so this bad, you know, response. Um, and so what they found, so the results could be best summarized by the phrase maladaptive my ass is what he says. <laughs> I love that. It turned out that when they were swearing, the volunteers could keep their hands in the water nearly 50% longer as when they used their non-cursing table-based adjectives. Not only that, while they were swearing, the volunteers' heart rates went up and their perception of pain went down. So there's actually physiological, like, respondent behaviors, that, and they talk about this in the show as well, when you use swear words. It actually produces faster heart rates, um, kind of puts you in that like fight or flight, right? So then you perceive pain as less. So it's not maladaptive where you're going to say the F word and then like take your hand out. When you swear during a painful situation, it actually makes it feel less, which if you think of most, I mean, what you've seen on TV, I've never seen a labor, but like, I'm sure in those delivery rooms, like you always see the mom being like, motherfucker, like get the fuck out of here. (laughs) I mean, in reality, what's happening is it's actually decreasing the pain. Interesting. I mean, I guess I I was thinking like, could it be like differential reinforcement of alternative behavior? But not really because like pain is not a a behavior. But it's, it's really interesting to look at that they actually found that people were able to do it twice as long. That's not just like a little difference, which I think is really interesting. So something I also thought was super interesting was, I I don't know if they took it into account beforehand, like, you know, taking away this extraneous variable in terms of their results, or if they found out after and it was a confounding variable, like, oh, that's interesting. Because something that they found, and this will happen in any experiment, there might be some confounding or extraneous variables that you didn't account for. And um, what Richard, the psychologist, said, that if male volunteers were asked to rate how painful a stimulus is, whether it's like their hand in in ice water or like their hand getting hit, whatever it is, most of them will say it hurt less if the person collecting the data is a woman. So this is really interesting because a lot of people thought that pain was just a biological phenomenon when actually it's very much psychological too. So it's probably a lot of like the private behavior or verbal behavior that you are speaking to yourself, which I think is so interesting. So they talk about like circumstances, um, your mood, 
uh, experience. So all these could be like the MOs, like what's going on in the background, right? Um, but also your previous experience of pain, right? So this is like some operant learning. So how something happened in the past could affect how you feel it in the future when it happens again. That's interesting too. Yeah, definitely. All right. So I thought that cold water study was really interesting and in how they actually measured a lot of uh, respondent behaviors with, um, you know, sweaty palms, heart rate, um, all these different things when people were using curse words. And they did this by putting electrodes on the end of their fingertips. Interesting fact, they probably could not do this on the end of my fingertips because whenever I have to go to the ER, they could never find my pulse at the end of my fingers. And so in case anyone needs to know this, this is randomly at trivia. My second toe on my right foot has the best circulation out of all of my digits, hands and toes included. Like I go to, like anytime I go in for like a flare up, they're like, all right, give me your hand. I'm like, you're not going to find it. They're like, let me just try. I'm like, all right, they try. No pulse ox. I'm dead. All right. Now please try my second right toe <laughs> it, and please put a sock over it as you do it. I have a pulse. So I'm just saying <laughs> the interesting fact about me. Now, another study they did was people had a 5% stronger grip when cursing. So this study, this is actually talked about in the Netflix episode um, on, I think it was the, the bitch episode. Um, don't quote me, but uh, yeah, that when you're gripping, like whether, I don't know how they calculated it, but when cursing, you have a 5% stronger grip. So today during my weights section of my spin class, I was in the tricep hold and I was just like testing to see like how I didn't really do an actual experiment, but I was like, I usually don't swear during my workouts. I'm also, you know, so I was like, fuck. And I like literally <laughs> felt myself like being stronger. My, you could feel it in the muscle. I was gripping stronger. So that's what I'm going to do now in all my workouts. That's amazing. They're going right. to think you have like Tourette's know, like, in the middle of like, just like cursing the whole workout. <laughs> but what I think is really interesting is the question also answered. I mean, Richard left nothing for the imagination. He literally tested it all, which is absolutely great. He asked the question, is all swearing equally good at killing pain? So they wanted to know, okay, so let's say you are librarian Lucy who, you know, in your free time quotes nursery rhymes and you're not one to typically curse. And then your behavior biatch Liat, who's like, I really have to try, you know, put my own behavior on a DRL to decrease the amount of curse words I use. Would it be as effective in killing pain for Miss Linda, the librarian? Is that her name or Lucy? Lucy, I think. <laughs> Lucy. Lucy. She's made up, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Or for myself. And so the, the, the experiment here actually asked people the question like, okay, well, how often do you like typically curse when you're in anger or you are, you know, you're hurt or upset? And- the results actually came out. It didn't make a difference. Swearing worked equally well for both types of people, whether you typically curse and it's in your repertoire on a regular basis, or it didn't. Um, 
So this was super interesting because he thought definitely it would be his hypothesis here was that it would be more effective for people who typically curse. But it shows that it worked for Ms. Lucy, the librarian, too. Again, I made the name up. And also, I mean, he talks about like, does it matter what swear word, right? And he haven't, they hasn't, he hasn't done this research yet. But like saying "fuck" over "bum," right? Does it have a different effect on your? You'd have to be hooked up, he says, to like you know the heart rate monitors and all that stuff. But he said that would be an interesting one to continue. Like shit, damn, damn it. Like which one has more of an effect? Like the mm. magnitude. Actually, one of Richard's students did do a study. Um, to try and look at the dosage, which what do you think of an ABA when you use the word dosage? Parametric analysis. Exactly. They were looking at the dosage um, response for swearing. So they did compare the words um, bum to fuck to whatever it is, whatever it is. Swearing also just feels good. I also feel like it's very automatically reinforcing. Like I, I like hearing myself curse. And it gives you like swag. This is my thinking completely, obviously. This is not objective. This is completely subjective to Liat. I think I feel but, it in different environments when I like, sometimes like it depends on, I don't know, also like my mood. So they, all of it goes into play. Well, I mean, cursing in general, let's talk about stimulus discrimination and generalization. Mm-hmm. Like you have to discriminate who you are going to curse in front of, right? Like, I'm not going to go to any job and be like, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm known for not fucking around. I'd be great at this job. I'm known for not fucking around when it comes to behavior, right? That's like, uh, 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 red flag. <laughs> yeah. So just deciding, you know, like to discriminate who you do it with. But one other cool benefit of swearing or cursing, same shit, is the idea that it could be used to foster camaraderie between friends, essentially what we call hashtag pairing, right? It makes you relatable. There's something about it. Now, obviously, if you are someone who doesn't like to use um, specific language, I might like I would not go up to my rabbi and be like, what up, motherfucker? You know, I would (laughs) never do that. And I even feel uncomfortable thinking of doing that in front of my rabbi. But there is something like today, for example, I was at my doctor's office and I was asking about COVID. And she was saying like it like about the vaccine. That's what I was asking about. I'm like with my lupus, whatever it is, like is it going to like affect my health? She's like and I was like I don't know, people just seem she's like no, people don't give a shit anymore. And I instantly was like I like this doctor. She said the word shit. Mm-hmm. And it's like this natural pairing process of like humanizing someone and, you know, cursing actually has been linked to openness, honesty, verbal fluency. Um, you know, people would often think like, it's a sign that you're not classy, you're not intellectual, but they actually, there's also been studies saying that people who curse have higher IQs. Now, guys, this is an important time to note correlation versus causation. Does correlation cause you I mean, sorry, does cursing cause you to have a higher IQ? No. Is there some correlation that they see people who curse a lot have higher IQs? 
Yes. And that's important to understand the difference between causation and correlation. Like just because you start dropping F-bombs doesn't mean you're suddenly going to get smarter. Sorry. <laughs> um, I'd be really effing smart. But like I, I've seen like on Facebook, there's groups like Mommies Who Curse. We love that novelty. I mean, speaking on just the, the on behalf of Study Notes ABA, I, there's some shock factor and like, oh my God, this girl is real. When they come on the podcast, I mean, every single time we have a guest on here who's like this big prestigious doctor or this like BCBAD who's done all this research and then you hear them coming on here like Antonio or something, you're like, oh my God, I like him. Because there's there's humanness behind this prestige. Mm-hmm. So there's also a book we were talking about earlier by Emma Bra- Byron. Um, swearing is good for you. The amazing science of bad language, which I actually think we should order and do another podcast on her book. Um, but new research reveals that profanity has many positive virtues from promoting trust and teamwork in the office to like we just talked about increasing our tolerance to pain. She also talks about, um, humans aren't the only primate primates that can curse. They what? Talk, I know they talked about, um, I'm trying to find it. Um, the animal chimps chimpanzees chimpanzees who learn sign language also developed a way to swear that is so interesting i can see a chimpanzee like being like fuck you <laughs> but they, they're not vocal so it has to be sign or they probably make some sounds but i don't like they don't sign- like no they vocally sign communicate language. right sign language wow mm-hmm. i mean it's super interesting also like i was always fascinated with cursing with Tourette's even because it's like what makes what makes curse words so appetizing to use those like let's say you've never learned them because for example I know someone who had Tourette's and um actually through treatment they like really don't seem to have any more um like I mean or so I don't know what you'd call it maybe like episodes or instances of, you know, like calling out. Um, But it's just really interesting to me how one immediately, I don't know what it is. Like why, how do people know it's a bad word also? It's something that's really interesting to me. Like it's almost like a kid knows. Like the first time they say like, like even Gal, my brother, like from a young age, and he's still so cute. I mean, he's 25 and he still And he's like, he whispers to me, move, bitch, get out the way, move, (laughs) bitch. And he like doesn't want to say it out loud. He's so innocent. Oh, bless his heart. He loves Um, saying our podcast title whenever he sees me. It's the behavior, bitch. (laughs) Behavior, bitch. And he like laughs and like, you watch jackass movie. That's what he like asks (laughs) everyone. And it's just so interesting because there is some novelty within the language that I don't know if it's like shock factor, but even someone who like, like, do you think it's based on, like, a consequence history of, like, one time they said it and someone was like, don't say that out loud. And so now it becomes more valuable because you're, like, deprived of saying it. I just think it's super interesting to look at because it, it's, like, it's naughty. It's bad. I mean, I've always, from a young age, I've been naughty, like, in my thoughts. Like, every single thing I did – 
was like, I could see some naughty word in it. Like from the youngest age, like a bat mitzvah was a butt mitzvah. And I thought it was like so effing funny. Like an algebra was like a bra. Algebra. Does not surprise me one bit. And so it's like, what is it that makes that so? And like kids, young ages. I was with a four-year-old yesterday. And I'm like, oh, you're going to be friends with my nieces when they move to Dallas. And she's like, do they like poopy? And I'm like, yes. Oh, my God. They love talking about poopy. And it's like there's something reinforcing mm-hmm. about cursing. And it, it's just so interesting. Also, we talked – I don't know if we have really talked about the behavior contrast behind it. But, like, you know, swearing typically in the workplace is punished. So, you're, you know, that behavior decreases in the workplace. But then, you know, when we have study notes, right, and we have the podcast or just Liat and I – it's like reinforced, right? And so that behavior of swearing. So where do you see it more? Behavior contrast is going to happen more in that setting of Study Notes ABA and Behavior Bitches podcast. Well, that's how that's how Study Notes ABA started, actually, mm-hmm. right? Like, believe it or not, guys, I could play professional too. I could talk without cursing. Yeah, I could discriminate like a motherfucker. And so I'd go into work. I wouldn't, of course, I wasn't talking like this at all. I have to be honest, like, I don't change that much. Like, in front of parents, I would be like, like, I, I would say things like, I, yeah, and I know that sucks, you know, like when this happens. Like, I would use words like that because I do think there was some connection made, like humanizing. I'm not using like the F word or like shit or whatever it is or like, you know, this is just like the crap that you have to deal with on the side of an extinction burst or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And I swear it was like for like building rapport. It, w- it was interesting. I mean, I, again, I am selective of who I would use this with, but if I saw it was like, a young mom, like, like, you know, who could be me, the equivalent and, you know, really stressed with their situation. It was like, it was really helpful for using this to pair almost, which sounds weird because it sounds like not professional. But anyway, so like, this is what I would do at work. Then I would teach these free classes, teaching for the test. And I'm like, and obviously it was shaped to get higher. I probably would use like a bad word here or there. And then everyone reinforced my behavior. And now I'm just like a an F-bomb queen. I don't know, F-bomb. I Lots of different things, queen, and <laughs> lots of bad words. But it was a complete behavioral contrast. Like in one place it was punished, and then here it was – so you could see that behavior go in the opposite direction in the place where the intervention is not. So one place punishment was in effect. Outside of work, it wasn't. So my behavior went crazy, um, like crazy level high. But something I also think is interesting, and I need to call Casey out right now. I also feel like she's like really behaving on this episode more than a regular episode. And <laughs> no, I'm that. And this I'm, is the episode where you're meant to give zero fucks. But sorry, I'm reading something. She's reading research in the background while I'm here just like spewing <laughs> fuckity fuck fuck fuckity blah blah fuck. I figure that's bitch. enough. You're doing enough for both of us. I am. Um, but one of the things I want to call Casey out for is that we always laugh. So the usage of curse words. Like there's actually an art in it, which I didn't realize. So, you know, sometimes when you're teaching an individual social skills, no, I'm not teaching any clients curse words. But there's certain things that are like, okay, I could teach the rules of this. I could teach an individual to say hi, right? Like you say hi if someone walks up to you. You say bye if they don't. But then there's like some of these like unspoken rules of greeting someone. So I remember 
I really enjoyed pointing those out. Like one of my favorite areas to work in was social skills, um, especially for individuals who are higher functioning, who may not even be on the spectrum, but are just like, I don't understand why girls like aren't responding to me when I do this. And I'm like, well, maybe because I told you, I taught you to say bye, but you need to pivot your body as you're saying bye. Like when you stand there just waving, it's weird. <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, lots so, of horses and when you like try to say bye to someone in like the store and then you were both walking the same way and it's like, okay. I'm like, all right, turn right, bro. Right, right, yeah, right, right. Me, like, I want to know that the cereal is that way. You, I'm going to go with something else on my list to get away from this. Exactly. And then you're running again. Like, oh, <laughs> funny. Look at each other again. <laughs> Been there. But, there's a skill that is unspoken, I think, about how to effectively use a curse word. I, I, and I haven't figured out how to operationally define it yet. When but you Casey do, and you I, teach me. <laughs> yes, I'm working on figuring out a way to operationally define it to teach Casey, but we could say the exact same sentence in class, okay? I could train her verbatim. Like when you say this example, you're going to say butthole, okay? When you talk about the butthole and the DRO, you're going to do this. We'll say the exact same effing sentence. And when Casey says it, it's like, whoa. <laughs> like, did she just say butthole? Like, and people always laugh and they're like, oh, Casey, it's okay. Keep trying. Like they'll literally say, because we're saying the exact sentence, but I, what is the difference? I don't know. Is it like a swag when you use a curse word? I'm not sure. It's like a delivery method. Like I hesitate before because I'm always thinking like, this is inappropriate. Like in my head, like, oh, I'm a little nervous to say this. <laughs> but like, Leotra's like goes right for it and gives zero fuck. So it's like coming across like so much cooler than when I say it. And I'm like cringing as I say it. And I, you can like totally see I'm like so uncomfortable. It's like the best thing ever. But so it shows that like, this is an actual skill you could have in your behavioral repertoire mm -hmm. in terms of using it right. I mean, sometimes, like, I laugh, and I guess, I mean, I've basically been Eliron's English teacher in America, mm -hmm. obviously, and I am not scared to correct anything. But what does he say? <laughs> in certain things, I'm like, of course he's going to say it because I'm his model. And... He'll say things like, like, instead of like, I'm going to kick your ass, he's like, I'm a kicking you ass. And I'm like, dude, it doesn't sound cool when you say it like that. Like, I've tried teaching you like, I'm going to kick your ass, dude, you know, versus <laughs> I'm going to kicking you ass. I'm like, you can't say it like that. Or like, he always says, this is sucks. And I'm like, it's not this is, it's this sucks. Okay, sucks. And you got to say it like, passionately when something sucks, not like, this is sucks. Like that's way too formal. Like this sucks. Okay, bro. <laughs> and so there's an actual art to it in using curse words effectively. I also want to, this other research that I found um, is that people think that um, people who curse are not very bright. Right. And this expert say that this is very wrong. Um, they found that a person's fluency in the English language was correlated, again, correlated, not caused, with fluency in swearing. So people who were better at one were also better at the other. This means swearing might actually be a sign of greater intellect, not less, and a more robust vocabulary. Think about that next time you're trying to I'm drop like a bomb. Yeah, I'm like flocking my feathers over here. <laughs> Literally. My... My effing feathers are like spewed. Like, this is me. See, mom and dad, I told you I'd be something. 
I'm smarter than you think. I know, I know my sister was the intellectual one, smart one, but see, it went somewhere. I love that. So the end of the day, if I were to summarize this entire episode, mm -hmm. I would say cursing is not all that bad. Now, guys, please do not think for a second we are condoning using this in a professional setting. You're really only good at cursing if you know how to discriminate which stimuli are appropriate for you to do it in front of. Mm -hmm. And you and just coming from the cursing queen, don't go in like straight with an F-bomb. Like upon meeting someone, you might throw in like a little like. So you get uh, to know the person. Right? Yeah. That's like that's a crap. Too, is like yeah, get like, to know your audience and how much that like would shock them or not, what they'd be comfortable with or not. So starting, yeah. But I also find it really interesting and I know we're wrapping up, but like even my therapist, it's almost like they're waiting to hear you out. Like, okay, so you use that. So like I can too, or like, we're kind of yeah. looking at like, oh, will it be reinforced in this setting? Like my therapist, my first meeting, I think I'd set, used the F-bomb because I was like crying and talking about my fucked up childhood. <laughs> I probably said that exact sentence. And I think it, it created this instant relationship where like, then the next kind of thing she was talking about, she, I think she threw out like the F-bomb or shit or something, right? And then it was like forever, our, our relationship was just, we knew we could be that comfortable around each other. Right. It takes someone making the first, it's like the first move when like you're newly dating someone. It's like, who's going to do it first? <laughs> but it, 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 I, I do feel like it breaks down a barrier, like in that moment, like, oh, she's cool. Mm -hmm. I, can, I can hang with her. Yeah, she's my and, cool. Yeah. And aren't you every time like amazed on the, on the podcast when like, you know, we're in a sense like intimidated, like, oh, this person is, and then it's like, wow oh my god i like i'm like oh my god they just said shit <laughs> i i mean that's always in the beginning of a collective too like the first like few bad words i say like you see the students like literally in the zoom room like <laughs> and then they adapt to it because you just do it all the but time. then you come in and like ruin that like and it's like <laughs> oh whoa I, I just heard that word back to being awkward <laughs> <laughs> That's why we work. If we have, if there's another takeaway, you know, the the way Casey and Leon work together is it would only work if it was like this, right? You can't have two just like super dramatic, like easy swearers. Yeah, yeah we like can't both be like over domineering. It's too much. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And like, who would I make fun of in context? <laughs> it would be like Bowring. Bowring. All right. I love this. I love that it. it was just us. Um, it's always good to reconnect, even though we spend every waking hour together. Um, I call it repairing. Oh yeah. I Get like it? That. Like pairing Fancy. up? Mm -hmm. Fancy AF, if you know what I mean. Thanks for tuning in to episode 86 with just the bitches. We love you. Um, I was going to say mean it, but I didn't get to say my part. I have to say I like- you I want you to say your part. Okay. I'm just making All it right. super awkward for you. Yeah. What the All right, fuck, guys, I'm trying Casey? to- <laughs> I know. I always try to steal her ending. Ellen, keep that in there.
Yeah, Someone keep it in there. In. All right, Casey got all weird at the end here. I'm the one who has to keep us effing going. Anywho, you guys know where to find us. You can find us on behaviorbitches.com. You can contact us through there. Instagram, at Behavior Bitches Podcast. Facebook, at Behavior Bitches Podcast. And if you want to support us for as low as $2 a month, you can go to patreon.com slash behaviorbitchespodcast so we can keep cranking this content out. And or, and or, <laughs> you could do both. If you want to give support in another way, like leaving a five-star review, we literally live for that and jump for joy every time we see a new review. So leave us a review. If you ha- I don't want to discriminate against not Apple users, but those are the ones we read are the Apple iTunes reviews. But this does not mean you can't generalize and reach out to us in other forms. <laughs> Instagram, we'll read it if it's nice. And if it's rude, we will put your ass on extinction. And as always, love ya. Mean it. Hey guys, it's Liat. And Casey. We just want to take a second to let you know that if you're thinking of being a millennial like us and starting your own podcast, there is a way. You can do your show without having to become an audio editing and production wizard. Because guess what? We don't know shit with that. But we have Alan at Pretty Easy Podcast who helped us get started. He records our shows. He posts them. He adds awesome, awesome music and cool shit when we don't even know what he's doing. He sends us teaser episodes. He does it all. We just sit here and friggin' talk. We shoot the shit and you can record from home, your office, the park, a bathroom stall at work. It doesn't matter. He provides the complete podcast studio. All you need is a microphone and you're good. Alan caters to your schedule and gives you a producer for your show at your beck and call. He has been super flexible with our schedule. Whenever we need him, we go to Google Calendar. We just book him. And he does all the hard work. It's like so incredibly easy. That's why it's probably called Pretty Easy Podcast. So be heard and have some fun podcasting like us. Go to prettyeasypodcast.com today. 